So when you start to recall your dreams, then you create a relationship with your psyche, your subconscious, and it starts to really become internally real and it changes our physical world reality. It amplifies our relationships. It brings more depth and meaning to our daily living. And I think that's what we're all really seeking right now is Mm -hmm. just, I think most disease and psychological issues are from a disconnection with our soul, uh, a separation or somewhere where I've been told you can't have access to this. It's impossible to have access to this. You can only have access to this through an authority that is someone, usually a man who's older (laughs) in a robe on a platform reading from a book. That's an authority. And so what does that look like when we really just ask, what's true for my heart? What feels really true and trusting that divine spark that's been placed inside of us? And then coming from that place of trust that we are on purpose and that we were created for a reason and that maybe we can actually dig through our dramas and traumas and projections and programs and trust that there's something deeper there to relax into. Mm. When did you discover your soul? Yeah, I think like the onion, it's almost like different levels too. I don't Mm. know if you guys have had this experience too in meditation where you're like, oh, now I'm there, now I'm there. And then it's like, oh no, now I'm there, now I'm there. And it, it it's this ongoing deepening that happens. So I think one of the first memories I have that there's more than a physical reality, I always tell people, it's like my dad was a biochemist, my mom's a mathematician, and that really shaped my upbringing. And I was raised in a Unitarian household, which is a very kind of like analytical religion that is like, we encourage people, critical thought, which I think was great. And I think I avoided some religious trauma with that because I speak with many different types of people. I think religion can be a pathway in and sometimes it can be a block depending on the person and the situation. But so I speak with a lot of people that are kind of undoing programming to find their, their true experience with their soul. But for me, it was almost like there was nothing said about it. Except so there was so in some ways that was great because there was a lot of freedom to have my own experience, but also then there was no kind of community or support when I started having mystical experiences. It was very much like that's weird and and we don't know what that is. So my first thought about experience was when I was about six years old at my Montessori school outside of Chicago in Illinois and the Midwest, and we did a little meditation where they had us laying on mats. And they're like, hey, we're going to relax. And um, and they played classical music. And I just like floated up out of my body as consciousness. And I could see all the kids laying on their mats. And I went through the roof of the Montessori and I flew around with the birds in the sky. It was like a remote traveling experience. Then I came back down into my body and then I started to go lower and lower down to the lower world, as they call it in shamanic terms. And it was so exciting and exhilarating. And just, I think when you're six, it's that what's imagination, what's reality you're already having. It's, I think, complicated, right? What's an imaginary friend and what's really maybe an entity or what's, you know, all these things. So it was, so then we sat in a circle and they're like, what was that like for you? And when I said my experience, everybody just looked like, what? You know, and I remember the teachers kind of move it along, you know? Like nice imagination. That's that's an interesting story. And even as a kid, you can tell when that's like mm, the judgment. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, and then I talk about my first book, Authentic Intuition. I was 17 when I shaved my knee and I got a wart on my knee and the wart spread. So I had like many warts on my left knee and I kept going to the doctor and they would burn them with a, whatever that stuff is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And um, they burned it over and over and over and over, but they kept coming back. And then I had third degree burns from that. And I just felt like a leper and I was going to college heading off. So I remember I wouldn't wear skirts or shorts and, and out of desperation, I went to this woman who does hands-on healing because <laughs> like nothing else, the doctor's like, we can't do anything else for you here. And I had a instantaneous soul retrieval. I went to the lower worlds. I met my power animal who told me all these things about what each wart was held in my body. Wow. In terms of these little traumas, these little memories that I didn't consciously think about. One was like a boyfriend in seventh grade was like, your legs are hairy. (laughs) You know, these teeny little things that at the time you're just like, oh, whatever. But my body really interpreted as like, you're not okay. You're not lovable. So my power animal was talking me through how we, everything we experience, we hold in our body somewhere. Mm And until you consciously release it, even if you're not thinking about it, it's there somewhere. So I was crying on the table and having all these releases. And I thought it was like 20 minutes. And I remember her waking me up like, I have to go catch the ferry. We live on this little island outside Seattle. And and it was six hours that I was on the table. And I had no sense of time. And um, she's like, this is not, a, I'm not getting paid <laughs> like, for I this. Couldn't. You owe me more. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I well, I owe her a lot. I mean, I owe her everything actually, because she wow. really, I was so scared at that time in my life. And it was really physical world exists. Anything mm-hmm. else is crazy or mental illness. And, and she introduced me like, you can explore this place. Like you can trust. Actually, in the beginning, I remember my eyes started fluttering like REM but I was awake and I was seeing flashing lights before I started seeing the other visions, which is kind of a classic going into trance sign. And I remember going, I don't know, I won't, I'll try not to swear, but you know, swearing (laughs) about it. And, um, and her saying like, no, this is you, this is you, you can trust this. And Mm -hmm. that made all the difference. I think if I went or not, because there was so much fear and like, what is happening? And and feeling like I'm on drugs, but I didn't take anything, yeah. you know, like it was that visual. And, um, and then seeing, it was like dreaming while you're awake and then seeing the images flashing and then moving through a tunnel into, I mean, it was just a very classic soul retrieval. So later when I went to Pacifica Graduate Institute to study depth psychology, I ended up studying with Stan Groff, who's known as the head of the transpersonal psychology movement. So mm-hmm. he does, he used to do LSD, you know, Mm -hmm. give LSD in the 60s and 70s at Harvard to give people trips to kind of meet that unconscious material when it was used medically in very small doses. So he was doing like three people a day, guiding them through their psyche and the lower worlds and facing trauma and unconscious material. And then when it became illegal, moving into holotropic breath work. So using breath to get to those altered states and some of us are just kind of more primed to go there quicker. I think I'm one of those people where I'm a real mystic at heart. I'm just kind of always one breath away from a real other veil experience. Mm-hmm. For some people, it might take ayahuasca or deep meditation, TM, you know, like, or competitive running, right? There's all kinds of things that can change our brain state to get us into more of a flow place, but going from beta to theta. And so I think it's one of those things that 
I love the quote from Einstein that's like, you can't solve a problem on the energy level in which it's been created. Mm -hmm. And I just think about that all the time. Most of us are humans rolling around Mm -hmm. in beta state. Like, why did my boyfriend do that? I don't know. And like, why is this pattern happening in my life? And why do I never feel acceptable? And they're trying to solve Mm -hmm. that question from the energy level, the brain state of beta. And it's like that insanity quote, like, you don't do anything different. Nothing's changing. You really have to learn how to, and that's what Meet Your Soul, my book is, and that's what all my work is, and that's what the soul is, is using the ego. It's almost like, how deep do we take it, right? Because on one hand, it's like, your soul is, if I was going to put it in one quote, it's the all-loving, all-knowing part of yourself, which to me is, to me, God or the love behind the universe is the ocean and the soul is the raindrop. So. It's the same energy of that unconditional love. It has access to everything, every interconnected piece, every psychic piece of information you ever want to know, the Akashic records. like I call it like the energetic Google, where you just type in a question, you just get an answer. Mm -hmm. But it does take skill, practice, discipline to be able to clearly assess what's my ego, what's my Is this something I want to hear? Or is this true psychic information coming in? And so that's what most of the work is. I do sessions with my husband. We do sessions with people, we do retreats. And it's it's the nuance of that. Mm-hmm. Because in some ways, it's like the most natural, simple, easy thing you'll ever do. Because it is you. But it requires a lot of being honest. Mm-hmm. Like ruthlessly yes. honest with where your ego is, where your shadow is. And I think that that's everything. Carl Jung, the psychic analyst who I'm obsessed with, he has a quote that's like, no one would need analysis if everybody was just like ruthlessly honest Mm -hmm. with themselves. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.